Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to another episode of That Don't Fit. Um, today, we are continuing our series. Can we call it a series? We'll yeah. call it a series. Yeah. Of uh, the most influential albums. And I will not rant as much as I did last week. Is it, is it week by week? No. No. As much as yeah. I did last time. I will not rant as much. You sound like you're not ranting. You will rant. I will. It's, it's inevitable. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. say this yeah, to yeah. cover a little bit of the ranting that is inevitable. And yeah. so... We've got three albums each to go through, yeah. and uh, I listened to them deeply this time, and so I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. I'm more familiar with Andy's influences, yeah. and yeah. Now these are not albums that influenced the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which they're, they're I have to albums. address. I have to address. Yeah. I did. I made sure to listen to Abbey Road, so all yes, my musician yes, friends exactly. can stop. Uh, yeah, welcome them back me, into the union. Writing me hate yeah, mail. Come, so. come back into the union now. You can join the rest of them. <laughs> Uh, no, these are albums that influenced us. We're just doing it so, so we can, you get to know us better yes. through things that we both love, which is music. Yep. So, yeah. Who's starting? Who you want to start? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. So first, I'm, I'm doing mine chronologically, kind of, you know, painting the picture of my life. <laughs> uh, um, and so the first one is uh, an album by a band called Creedence Clearwater Revival uh, called Cosmos Factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little background on it. Um, that's a band very prominent in the late 60s, early 70s. They put out five complete albums in two years. Oh, my gosh. Like, like, and they were all hits. They just, every five months, a total new album out. You're talking about now somebody that's drops ridiculous. a song. Yes. Everybody's like, yeah, this is great. No, they were like <laughs> dropping albums like out of the sky. And so this is the third album of that, of that bunch. And then they kind of broke up because I think they burned out. But... Uh, but uh, the reason this is in here is, again, when I was a kid, when these songs were coming out, I would actually buy the 45s. And so I had all the 45s with fantasy record 45s. And, um, and so when the albums were coming out, I was too young to buy albums. So this one I probably bought when I was 13, 14, okay. something like that. Um, Creedence Clearwater, at that point in my life, was the band I wanted to create. That's the sound. <laughs> yes. If I'm going to have a band... That's the sound I want. And you know what? That's never changed. <laughs> to this day, if I could sound like Creedence Clearwater. And what's funny about them is that you listen to songs and you can talk do. about songs. They are so simple. Yeah. They are basic, basic yeah. songs. But you talk to, you hear interviews with musicians talking about doing cover songs mm-hmm. and they don't like to do Creedence cover songs. They say, we can't produce... That was basically a garage band. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, the, the album cover is them in a garage. Uh, they're almost impossible to cover because something about... You can play the songs, mm-hmm. but you can't cover the song. Gotcha. And uh, so it's fascinating because it's just the combination of what he produced and, and uh, John Fogarty, who still functions. This is the only band on my list that I didn't see live. Okay. So I, I didn't see the Beatles. I saw Paul McCartney live. Yes. Um, but so this is a band that I've always wanted to see. Never saw him. And, and uh, so, but yeah, that was just like hit after hit after hit. Yes. And I just love it. It's just three minutes of killer <laughs> song. 
Well, and what was funny as I was listening to this, I was like, I recognized so many songs on there. Could not, if anyone asked me who Clearance, Credence Clearwater Revival was, I would say, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But listening to the songs, I was like, oh, I know that song. Oh, that's in like every Ford commercial. Or, oh, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> this is this yeah. song and that song and that song. So that was, and also uh, just a quick comment on, the sound you're wanting to produce. I was listening to this one day with my headphones. I unplugged my headphones because my children came downstairs. And Isaiah, like the uh, old man he is, my son is six years old, he just goes, woof, that is loud, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Like Essentially, he was like, what is all this ruckus, this rock and roll ruckus you are listening to? It was a a beautiful moment. (laughs) If you've never heard them, they're basically, they're they're a San Francisco band who, who played sort of Swamp blues country kind of music in yes. a San Francisco way. Um, yeah, it's great, great band. Uh, the thing I the thing I think is, is it, that I that I love about them is it just is always stripped down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All these all these these albums I have here have drummer connections for you. Yes. You know, <laughs> uh, this this drummer is not very good. <laughs> You know? <laughs> no, wait and, a second. What what do you connect here? Connecting the no 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 no. no. Uh, if you notice, there are songs where yes. he his tempo fluctuates on the okay. album. Okay, okay. And uh, and 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 Fogarty himself said, yeah, he wasn't. He couldn't keep time. <laughs> pretty important <laughs> part of being a drummer. Because they're all buddies. Yeah, they're all buddies, yeah. and they played in the band. They were, he, they were all actually all, most of them were in were in the army. Either okay. went to Vietnam or in the army. So um, so that's Creedence. Uh, they're very formative for me. I still want to play and sing yes. like that. Yes. I never will, but I want to. Excellent. Yeah. Am I up? Yep, you're up. What, what should I do? Should I do knowing the whale first? Yeah. This one should take the least amount of time. Okay. <laughs> Certainly coming from me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Andy dialogued a little bit about this one before. Uh, so knowing the whale, the album was the first days of spring. Yeah. Uh, this, when did it come out? I think it came out in 2009. Okay. I, I could have just made that up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when it came out, but it was it was a little, a little while ago, and um, it's not the best album. I, I really do enjoy this band. It, so there was a there was a point in my life where I had dreadlocks that flowed to my shoulders. You know, I, I wavered between angsty teenager and uh, you know mopey hippie as well. And so this. So you're 19 at the time when this is out there. Something like Start that. Start from your birthday and move forward. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Let me see when this album actually came out. Yeah. Uh, I think I listened to it my uh, freshman year. Okay. Noah and the Whale, First Days of Spring. So this album came out, yeah, 2009. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so I had so been 19. And, um, you know, it was, it was, I was in college and doing all this different, it was my freshman year, so I was out on my own and, you know, figuring out who I was and yeah. uh, whatever, you know, relational thing that was happening there. I was probably like sad about that or whatever. And, you know, this song, it's it's a concept album. Yeah. That is, it's pretty mopey, but it talks about, it like, it paints a story of like, you know, after winter, everything's dead and everything's sad. And then the first days of spring come and it's just like, you know, there's life and there's hope again. And uh, <laughs> this uh, this album was accompanied by a a film that these guys directed, uh, yeah. which um, technically speaking, wasn't great. But in my like, you know, hipster mind, I was like, dude, this is like artistic. And so I enjoyed like watching this and trying to like map up the storyline with what was going on. So it's about a breakup. 
Of course and it is. Of, of, of course. It's a breakup <laughs> that devastated him. Uh, and I'm sure like it was all his fault <laughs> in yeah. regards to the breakup as well. But that's not what's painted in the story. Yeah. And there's even like a, a, a moment in the middle. Uh, there's like three instrumental tracks yeah. uh, that... Uh, are supposed to be like you know his like you know what I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna go again and it's gonna be great and it's I think it's called uh, the love of an orchestra and yeah. so this guy's like I'm out there I'm gonna shoot my shot again I'm gonna do these things and I'm gonna bounce back and then he just plummets into like the worst despair ever yeah. um, but then after that so the song just it's like this story arc and then after that is yeah. blue skies which was the biggest song on this album which I still like still to this day I will listen to that song on the first day of spring. Blue yeah. skies, and uh, I'll play it like while I'm making coffee in the morning or something like that. It's just uh, that is the the best song on the album, Blue mm. Skies, because it's like he's like this is the last song I'll ever write about you. I'm moving on, yeah. and uh, spring, it's spring, spring is coming, and uh, you know it's like this hopeful, but it's still kind of he kind of sings like this, and yeah. he doesn't really sing at all. But I loved it. It, it, it uh, opened the door for storytelling albums for me okay and uh really wanted me to not just write it kind of led me to like as i'm writing music like bringing in personal experience into what i'm expressing yeah. uh so it, it almost turned like more of my writing into a sort of like personal poetry if gotcha, that if that gotcha. makes sense so i'm trying to picture you yeah good moping luck. around yes uh, as JT, a college division JT one athlete, mode. yes. Take walk me alongside you. What does that look like? Are you brooding? Yeah. Are you looking down? Are you? What do you like? What do you like? What's your I, I vibe? Just, What's your mopey vibe? My mopey vibe is uh, I just I think a lot. I uh, my emotions go in extreme. So I'm like I was like super happy, and then like I would get like, but I'm also really hard on myself. Yeah. Especially in college, I was like it was like it was like bad. Yeah. And um. So, you know, I get all mopey and, and just think like, man, what am I doing in life? Like, what is my purpose? Will I ever find true love? Like, you know, yeah, like you know, exactly, typical, yeah. typical yeah. Division One college athlete um, <laughs> mopiness, right? <laughs> Will I make first team? Yeah. <laughs> all those major college problems. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, that, that's what it would look like. And then the album ends with uh kind of like a, a reconciling of like not even to each other but just like you know what i need to stop being so mopey and we're gonna keep on i'm gonna keep on keeping on yeah so that's 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 <laughs> yeah. that album for i me. listened to all the albums loved them all this one you know this one like i never got to spring right <laughs> like he he got to spring and i'm still thinking you're you're singing like winter you're singing like it's just like not going to ever happen. And if the best you can give me is I'm just going to move on. Just stay in winter. Don't mess up my spring. That's my basic. That's my view of the song. You're messing up my spring with your blue sky song. So I got a blue sky song on another record that I'll that I'll point out that we'll talk about. Um, so. Okay. Oh gosh. I don't mean to diss. I wasn't really a fan. No, it's that's perfect. Second album. Uh, is the the Who Who's Next? I think it came out in like '72. Yes. Um, was a big Who's fan, Who fan. Saw him twice uh, back in the '70s. Uh, familiar with them? It's you know it's three it's it's three men three guys playing yeah. and, a, and a singer. The uh, the the album you'll recognize songs off of that too. Yes, my goodness. You know, and particularly that I opening think that opening that song, opening Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, that's like a, that's like a. That's on like I mean I looked at the the number of places it's used. Yes, it's everywhere. 
It's like everywhere. <laughs> and uh, mostly because they use that line, teenage wasteland. So mm-hmm. it works for anything where yes. there's teenage angst. That's what they use. Um, I could have used that movies. in college. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Um, but again, that album to me was was moving me in my, into my angry period. Um, now, you know, Michael, I don't, I don't see you as an angry guy, but but I was angry. You know, like, like I didn't even be angry about, yeah. but it was just cool there. Yes. to be angry. And uh, so, but it's a different kind of anger. Like your anger might be, and this is probably, this is probably a 17 years old or so yes. when this album was really big for me. Um, they're just really angry dudes. Um, and that's the way they've always done their music. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, after I became a Christian and I was thinking about what could I still listen to, yeah. I couldn't listen to The mm. Who. Not because the music was lewd or crude right, or right. anything else but because the angry spirit just came back just came back at me and uh but great lines in those songs yeah. you know won't be fooled again yeah he's done you know he's done and you know meet the new boss same yes, as the old boss yes. man which by the way with that song so i recognize the riff in that song yeah I thought that line was the chorus okay yeah and so as, as, as i'm listening to the song i'm just like Dude, these dudes just write the same songs over and over again. Yeah. I'm waiting for the here's the new boss. Oh, can we sing that? Is that copyright? Copyright? You're good. I don't think. Okay. You, I don't, I don't think they'll recognize the way it <laughs> Nobody. There's no algorithms going to recognize that. <laughs> but then it came in like the last 30 seconds of the song. I was like, it's the last the line. line of the song. There's the line. A, I've been waiting for it this whole time. So that was a, that was yeah. a fun little experience too. Well, you also have to love the scream on that. Yes. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes. Now that was recognizable. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You we're, did that now well. you we're did that get well. The, yeah. yeah. So, so we, who we got, we got to talk about the drummer though? Yeah, the drummer. Yes. Okay. So anyway, the drummer. If you pay attention to the drums, it make no sense. He's a, a madman. It's a madman. <laughs> yeah. And you watch him play, and you don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, Keith Moon, and he, you know, he's usually always rec- ranked kind of in the top five of, yeah. of all time of rock guitar yeah, the drummers, but. You can't figure. He always sort of ends up in the right place, but I'm not a drummer. Yes. But I don't think you can get there from where he gets there. You know, yeah. it just seems like okay. I don't know how you wound up with that cymbal crash yep. from where you started. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch him play. That's exactly right. Yes. Since he had no rhyme or reason. And we don't have to include this in there either. Yeah. But but there's a. He, they were on the Smothers Brothers, which is this very kind of kind of odd show in the yes, 60s yeah. and they play this song and at the end of the song that nobody knew it was, it, they, 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 they filmed it live nobody knew that he packed his drums with explosives and uh, and so you can watch it on YouTube and so at the end of the song he just hits it Stop. and you know <laughs> and you can see it knocks the guitarist like out this way, and uh, and so yeah, it's and and actually the guitarist had hearing problems from that point on. Oh, I can imagine, yeah, explosive because he put too much in, and uh, and so so anyway, that's the who. That's kind of like you know maximum R and B as you call themselves. That's so funny. Yeah. So, but I I, I sent the album because it fed the anger in my heart. Yes. So that's so. <laughs> great. All right, my up. Yep. <clears throat> the swell season. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not freak out too much about this one. So, uh, the band is called the Swell Season. It is a couple that has musicians around them, but Glenn Hansard and Marketa Ir- Irglova. 
they are uh he he's irish he was a busker before he uh formed the swell season he was in this huge like like Ireland, like biggest band, one, well, one of them, in, uh, a band called The Frames. And then uh, they made a movie called Once that told that, their yeah. story. And the movie was, is it's actually a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like the No in the Whale movie. Yeah. No hate to No in the Whale. But yeah. um, actually, a little bit. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the, 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 the movie t- tells their story. And, you know, they actually like fell in love while like filming and doing all these things. And so they're a couple that uh produces this music and like glenn hansen you can tell i uh by listening to him he was a huge fan of like van morrison and i hear like when i listen to old stuff i yeah. hear their influences inside of what glenn hansen does yeah. I, I i think he's got a very unique timbre and unique voice i love um he's one of the only artists i know who is so passionate and like kind of screamy singy live that actually comes through in the recordings as well and um this album, Strict Joy, was interesting because they broke up. As a band, or as a couple? As a couple, as a, as a couple. couple. Okay. And then recorded this album. Yeah. And we're writing songs together still. And so there's songs like we're trying to like figure out what are they talking about? Is this a song about their breakup? Is this a song about their breakup? And, and um, you know, are they still going to tour together and this kind of thing? But um, I, I like this, man, because they're, they're, they're pretty... Uh, they can do a lot of things with it. Like he has, because of his uh, experience with the frames, which is yeah. a kind of more rocky, like louder band. Um, some of that influence is in this album as well. But when, uh, when they formed the swell season, it was more acoustic kind of like drawn back and they really focused in to bring the dynamic changes with their vocals. And so Glenn Hans is actually one of my biggest like vocal inspirations. Mm. Like he, he talks about how you don't even find, what your actual voice is until you're like, I don't know, 35, 36. Like, because yeah. other than that, you're just mimicking what mimicking, you hear. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I've always, I've always, uh, and he's a, it's like an Irish, Irish your, musician. Like, your potential still out there, man. But yeah, I might find my voice yeah, in about six go. years. <laughs> we'll figure out what I actually sound like. But um, I, he's a great storyteller too. Yeah. And so in all of his live shows, uh, he tells stories about the songs that he's written. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this was like an Irish tradition, but they just make up stories. Like they're not just like they're true not, stories. They're, yeah. And, uh, but they're like, because Damien Rice, who's another big Irish musician, uh, they, he does the same thing as well. Like he tells this ridiculous, long, hilarious story. And he's like, and then I wrote this song. Yeah. And uh, so it made his concerts. I, I went and saw him live once in Chicago, but uh, it makes his concerts like fun and interesting. And he's just like a warm loving person which makes you listen to the album in, in an interesting way because it's like you know he's very expressive but he's honest and their harmonies like are perfect together so mm. even like when they broke up we were like no like i hope you still make music together and um but yeah so this was a formative album for me because it was re- it was uh it was like the second or third album i've heard of the swell season and it really solidified them as to like, okay, this is going to be in a regular rotation for me, probably for the rest of my life. And I still listen to From a to mood them. standpoint, like when do, you, when do you go to it? When, when do you hit it? <clears throat> I, I go to them when I'm feeling nostalgic. Because mm-hmm. uh, this was one of the first bands I discovered like on my own. Okay. And so like, let me, let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, sort of breaking a band. Yes. So was that a big thing to you? I got to find a band nobody's <clears throat> listening to and make it my own or how does that work? No. So it, it, 
that it kind of happens a lot. Like I, I love searching for new music. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a, a, a hobby or a habit. Yeah. And my brother, uh, my brother, John also finds very obscure bands and things like that. Yeah. And so, you know, he's always introducing me to music. And so when I find one that I'm just like, ah, I got there first. Like yeah. it's, it's just like a yeah. fun little, th- little thing for me. Yeah. And, um, which is interesting. I mean, again, you know, places where our backgrounds are different. Yes. I grew up when you couldn't do that. Right, exactly. Like, yes. right, the only way you discovered a band is to find them in a, in yes. a, in a venue somewhere. Right. You just walk in and they're there. Ah, and ah. Um, You're not going to go. I, I, they, there was no way to do it. You, you imbibed what was given to you by the right. record companies. Right. Um, they were, and there weren't independent produ- producers. There weren't yep. independent labels. Yep. There were big labels and they produced albums and you, and you did that. So it's interesting because the idea of sort of breaking a band or kind of yes. getting out there... <clears throat> Is like something that's foreign to me. Um, I'm looking for. I, I I've never approached music that way. Yeah, that's uh, that's so. fun. Yeah, so it was like a it was like a fun thing of just like, man, I really enjoy this music. Um, yeah. And he and he had a deep catalog by the time I found him because you yeah. know all of his frame stuff that was in like the mid '90s. He was doing that, and so he's been he's been doing music for a long time and. So yeah, there's there's you know songs on this album like called "I Have Loved You Wrong" and it's just like, are they are they talking about each other? Like, is that is that when, when this happened? And um, so I'll listen to that song when I am or not a song. I'll listen to that this album um, when I'm feeling nostalgic because uh, there are some just like happy good songs on here as well. Um, this album came out. Oh, this album also came out in 2009. And so uh, this this would be when I'm not feeling mopey. Okay, so you're, 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 you listen to Noah and the Whale. Yes. And then exhaust the mopiness. And then you put yes. this on to kind of get you yes, going. Yes, kind of get me going. Because there's there a whole go. gamut yeah. of, of things as well. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that, I guess that's what that's What was the I, album you listened to before you got to know? What got you down in the hole? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's probably somewhere on this list. <laughs> at, 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 at some at some point, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Swell Season. I they're a great great band. Glenn Hansard actually broke off and did some solo albums, and uh, I just love he's very genre bending. So mm-hmm. like, you never really know what kind of album is is gonna come. But he, because yeah. uh, one thing, there's one thing he did that I really love. He's like, he has this. Check your time. Yeah, he has this. Uh, this uh, album where he was like, you know, I just finally stopped trying to like, stop trying to not sound normal. Yeah. Like there'd be so many times where I'm writing a song and then I just throw this funky fifth dis- dis- disdain chord yeah. just so I could be unique. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes you just need a simple song and that Green speaks. Clearwater, man. Dude, and, and, and that's Green what he did. And it's just like, and he's hard to cover yeah. uh, as well because the timbre of his voice and mm-hmm. the like, he's really able to like scream, sing and make it sound nice. Like that song, when your mind's made up, which is a bonus track on this, when he does that live, I'm just like, dude, how can you still sing? Like, how does that not just wreck your vocal cords? But it's, and he turns all red and as he's screaming, it's, it gets me all fired up. So great. It's great. Excellent. excellent. (laughs) So my third album is, uh, Almond Brothers, Eat a Peach. Yes. Yes. Um, Almond Brothers, uh, part of my Southern roots. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, they were formed uh, in the South. Uh, two brothers, Dwayne and Greg Allman, and musicians. Interesting about there is it's a double drummer band. Okay, it's got a brother in it too. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, yeah, Jimo, Jimo. Yeah, I got you. I said, yeah, they had yeah, Dwayne and Greg, they're brothers. And you said, he got a brother in it. Yeah, yeah I mentioned them. <laughs> yeah, Jimo. Yes, Jimo, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, I'm tracking. So, um, but. Uh, no, uh, they they were they were a band produced a couple albums, uh, got regional uh, appreciation. Critics liked them. Blues, basically, they wrote yeah. and covered blues songs. It was okay. a blues band. Yeah, um, and uh, the, the 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 leader of the band, uh, Dwayne Allman, was session guitarist in Muscle Shoals, and uh, phenomenal guitarist. Um, uh, mostly slide guitar, plays mm-hmm. mostly slide guitar. But what happens is they broke big. With a live album that they they they, uh, they recorded at the Fillmore East in New York, um, and called it Live Fillmore East. It's one of the so one of the sort of standard live albums. If you're gonna listen to a yeah. a, a, a recorded band, this mm-hmm. is a this is the the album that most captures the band. So huge double album. Um, so this was their follow up. It's gonna be a studio album. Uh, they were gonna do double double studio album. So they go in and uh, and they cut three songs. The first three songs on the album, and then Dwayne dies in a, a motorcycle accident. Oh, man. right in the middle of the recording, <clears throat> the leader of the band, right? Yeah. And so they're devastated. These guys are devastated. What do we do? They took a little bit of a break and they said, "We got to go finish the album." Wow. And so they uh, they went back and they cut the remaining studio songs, um, turned it into sort of a. Half of it is live album. They took yeah. other, other songs from the uh, from the the concerts, but the other songs they did. In fact, they rewrote one. The first song on there ain't ain't wasting time no more. He rewrote the lyrics as a tribute to his brother. Wow! And so literally, his brother dies in Jeez. in like October <clears throat> and or early November, and they finish the album up in two months, right? Yeah. And so the album comes out, and what they did is they, they filled it out with uh, with some other live cuts, um, and this one you know I told you don't even bother to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it was a thirty three lo- minute long song. Yes, um, they put in there as a tribute to him too. Wow, uh, but uh, some wow. of the best guitar work, live guitar work it, he did is on that album. Um, a year later, they're in the middle of promoting it, and the bass player oh no mo- motorcycle accident. Almost exactly a year later, three blocks from where Dwayne died, what? Barry Oakley, the bass player, died. And uh, it, it was, it's, it's incredible. The whole band just kind of, they Jeez. survived. And actually, the biggest album they ever put out came out after that yeah. with, the, with the new lineup. But, but it's a tr- so it's an album full of Goodness tragedy. gracious. And, uh, and, it, and you feel it. You feel yeah. these wonderful happinesses of certain songs and these, these, the, the, this sadness in other songs. Um, there's a song in there, Blue, Blue Sky, yeah. um, which is the, probably the last album, the last song he ever played on, mm. uh, played guitar on. It's a beautiful sort of countryish kind of song. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, growing up, wow. the, the, the Almonds were like, this is our music. This yeah. is the heart of who we are. This is, uh, it was an integrated band, and that was cool. And, yeah. But they were very authentically Southern, and they were... And uh, and they were blues oriented, so you you felt deeply. And there's a whole, they 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 were based in Macon, Georgia, which is about 60 miles south of Atlanta. 
um, at that time. And the whole Southern Rock thing, the Leonard Skid and all that stuff, came out of them. They they sort of oh, launched wow. the whole deal. Oh, so wow. They were like the, 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 the patriarchal band of all these other bands. Interesting. Um, so that was the world I was in. I mean, that, that, that was the dominant Jeez. music of me in high school. Yeah. Was those guys. And, and the Almonds were the, uh, the pinnacle of that. Um, I saw them, interestingly, <laughs> it's the only time I ever fell asleep at a concert. <laughs> I actually, I fell asleep twice, but... Uh, uh, one was a very like like nine hour festival. Oh my gosh. I fell asleep. This was just one show, you know, drum solo, long drum solo. <laughs> I was out and uh, woke up when they brought it back. And uh, so, um, but I, I put it in there because it 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 first of all, Dwayne is perhaps my favorite guitarist. Yeah. Um, his career's brief, uh, but uh, his music, his playing was just unbelievable. And uh, it just, when I listen to that, when I need to, nostalgia, when I need to yeah. go back and rediscover my roots, yeah, I go to the Alma Brothers. Wow. They're my go-to. These guys, because they're not just churning out radio music. Right, right. They were doing blues that was getting played on the radio. Yeah. And so to me, that was, uh, that was it. So, so the brothers are a big, a big, big influence on me. That's great. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I'm going to do this in under four minutes. Okay. That's not true. <laughs> but I'm going to try. So the last album for me is uh, Sunshine that was a good album. Yeah. by Swoop. Um, my goodness. So this album came out in uh, 2018, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, this album was so helpful. So uh, Swoop is one of my favorite CHH Christian hip hop artists. Yeah. Um, he's from Akron, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Yeah. And um, he, he's just, he, he is one of the best lyricists, I, I think, in hip hop. Yeah, um, I, can, I can tell that. Yeah. He, he's, he's so thoughtful and clever in the way his puns and different things and his, and, uh, his wordplay is ridiculous. Um, his cadences and things. And he's a, he's a phenomenal producer. So he's a church musician. Okay. Uh, gospel, gospel pianist. And so, which means the dude... Yeah, you hear that in there. You yes, the, you do. Yeah. My goodness. And this yeah. album, um, it's, it's coming after, you know, he had a record label that kind of uh, collapsed in on itself. Uh, there's a bunch of interviews out there about that process and different things. And, and then he kind of just went silent. So I think the record label collapsed in like 2011 or something yeah. like that. And... Um, and there's just no more swoop like, like this giant in Christian hip hop who everyone was like, dude, this guy is it. This is like, he, he's got his own record label. Like, let's, let's get behind this guy. This is what's going yeah. on. And then he was just gone. Yeah. Um, and then a, a few years later, uh, he released, um, he released a, a small like mixtape, uh, because you asked. Um, and so it was like four or five songs. Just like, it was kind of like just a breath of fresh. Air, like, Oh my gosh, swoop is back. This is great. He drops a single a few years later. Uh, called Lambo, mm -hmm. and the only reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because this is like all leading up to like the redemptive narrative that is in uh, the album Sunshine. Yeah. And so his single Lambo, the chorus is, "I know money can't buy happiness, but I wouldn't mind crying in a Lambo." Yeah. And so he talks about just how low things got after the record label crashed, and you know his mother uh, was battling with cancer at the time. She actually yeah. just recently passed away a few months ago, and um, but just how like you know he was eating at a food shelter and they gave him a gospel track with it and he's like man they're giving me this gospel track to 
to like witness to me and I'm a gospel rapper what like what has my life come to so there's just a just a really low moment mm. and then so this whole album just talks about yeah. he, he said writing this album was like therapy yeah and uh, he talks through so many important themes. Um, this is obviously post the 2016 election. And uh, so he gets into a little bit of that. And uh, also there's just some songs that are just like, let me just put some heavyweights on my back and do squats uh, as mm. I'm listening to it. Like songs that just get you jacked up. Yeah. But he's also such a thoughtful writer. Um, so this, like, there's, like a, there's a progression like old me where he's talking about yeah. like, you know, because a lot of times what happens in the CHH world is that like, if you're not doing the CCM thing, yeah. Christian contemporary music, like you're kind of you're kind of out. It's like, you know, if you get a little too black, then we're gonna kind of cut you off. Like we don't want yeah. you to talk about these topics. Like yeah. just kind of like, just stay yeah. it, it, uh, uh, black enough that we we can like be happy about it, but don't get yeah. into like the depths of it. Yeah. And so uh, the song "Old Me" kind of talks about that, where he feels like you know what I'm getting back to the old me and and. Uh, and then he has a song, uh, Thou Shalt Not Kill, mm -hmm. where he addresses gang violence, he addresses police violence, and he's just yeah. like, dude, was, like this is powerful. a command. That was a powerful so, song. So, I mean, I wish we could yeah. play uh, clips from it just to give little briefs of it. And then the song Black Boy, he wrote to his sons. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, dude. Kill me. Uh, my goodness. Uh, I want to read through the lyrics, but we, we, won't, we don't have time. Yeah. I encourage you all to yeah. listen. Listen to that song. Listen, listen to, to that, that song. song. The piano is beautiful. The word's beautiful. The message is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and he carries it through. He carries it through. Yeah. And he and he waits so long for the beat to drop. Like it's just yeah, it's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he's so patient with it. It's such a good yeah, payoff. It's, it's a really good payoff. Um, and then you know uh, the last three songs, "You Got Me," which features Taylor Gray, who was another mm -hmm. one of my favorite hip hop artists. He's coming up later. Yep. Um, great lyricist. Uh, there was just talks about the security uh, of of God having us and God keeping us. And then "Shining Down," which is uh, one of my daughter or one of my daughter. Eleanor is one of Eleanor's favorite songs. Like, mm -hmm. I love seeing her and Isaiah just jump around dancing and singing to that song. And that song helps in a lot of ways. Like, he just talks about all the little blessings mm -hmm. that we have that we overlook, um, and just uh, celebrating that that God's got him. You know, he like he's not in a place where he's getting chance to rap around his songs. He's not yeah, in a place yeah. where Fred Hammond's coming in and doing things. But he's like, you know what? I have a van. I used yeah. to always need a ride somewhere. <laughs> you know, he's like, I got a haircut. Yeah. I got my wife next to me. And, uh, you know, the lady at the wing shop gave me a few extra chicken wings today. And yeah. it's, it's, I'm feeling good. And so it's just yeah. like, I, sometimes I need, I need yeah. that song to just remind me like, you know what, yeah. lift your chin and just give thanks to God for, yeah. for things that he's doing. And, uh, it's a wonderful album. It's helpful. I listen to it. A lot. Yeah. I listen to it when I'm having down days. So I'm listening to it on Fridays when I'm just like, you know what? Let's just celebrate. Yeah. I'm listening listening to it if I if it's you know if it's one of those times where it's just a hard month being black and I just need to hear someone talk about that. Yeah. And uh, he delivers on, on all those fronts. And so yeah, I yeah. One of the things I appreciate. I know we got to wrap up. And, yeah. In listening to the hip hop and that you've been recommending yes. and things like that. Uh, one of the things I've, I've learned to appreciate is there's a, uh, what would be the word, a, uh, a clarity about the artist and the narrative toward you. Mm -hmm. you know? Now, I, I don't know how it works with other, you know, yeah. with non-Christian hip-hop and whether there's, just, yeah. there, there's characters created and I just work out that character. But, but, it, but what I've heard so far, one of the things I appreciate about it, because he's, you know, th this is, uh, 
this is coming through to me. This is coming yeah. through your your experience is coming through to me. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not trying to say it in oblique ways. You're right. not trying to you're not trying to hint around. No. You're just you're using words both creatively mm-hmm. and directly. Yes. Yep. And so it doesn't, you know, I'm not being preached to. But I feel like, okay, I'm getting, there's nothing between me and you. Yes, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. Yeah, yes. that's exactly great way to say it. I feel like we're in a conversation. I'm not trying to figure out what yeah. you really mean. Yep. You know, you're, you know, you may have double meanings, but you're clear. I'm having, I have double meanings here. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's very refreshing because mm-hmm. you listen to a lot of music these days and you think, I don't know exactly what you're, re- <laughs> yes. you're yeah. singing about. Maybe nothing at all. Uh, but, but, uh, but that's one of the things I really appreciated about that album in particular is I felt yeah. like, okay, he's just, let me drop you into my life, my world, yeah. where I'm going, where I've come from. Boom. Uh, not, not dramatizing it. Yeah. Just Christ's life. Yeah. And, uh, really well done. That's good. So, so that is it. We will have probably one more session where we'll finish up and then we'll find some other way to talk about ourselves. <laughs> so with that in mind, see you later.